You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Boys, the hardest man to get in rugby league. Well, he's the hardest worker in rugby league. And he might have been headbutted by Victor. Uh, has he? <laughs> Andrew Voss uh, joining us now from York in the UK. How are you, Vossy? Uh, yes, good evening, fellas. Good morning from uh, misty, foggy, slightly damp York this morning. But beautiful city, beautiful city. Wow, this is uh, probably one of the prettiest in all of the UK. There are some beautiful places. But no, I haven't been headbutted by Victor. Just been going about my business. Getting from one place to the next, one game to the next, and now there's only finals day to go. Yeah, well, and watch your head in those doorways in York. It's all pretty uh, pretty low there. Hey, uh, what chance... I noticed that last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, thought I did. so. I had one of those, mind your head last night. I actually clipped my head last night. Funny you should say that. I <laughs> my head last night. And I, and I, I saw the Simon and said, ah, oh, no, I'll clear that. No, boom. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, well, yeah. now, before we get on to the game, the big final... Um, all games free to air in the UK. We've been told. How's the reaction been to to our great game rugby league over there in in general, Vossi? From what you've seen. Well, uh, look. Well, you know from your experience over here. Uh, look, it's been fantastic to be quite honest. I mean, I don't know what the normal what's perceived as a great number, but I know the rugby league people are saying this is a great free to air number. So, for our listeners now, um, BBC. There's BBC one, two, three, four. So. The big England games have been on BBC One, and then next here is BBC Two, which still has huge viewership. So I'll give you an example of how good the numbers have been. When England women's played Papua New Guinea, um, which was just a pool game, one point, it peaked at 1.2 million free-to-air viewers. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's an enormous figure. That's fantastic. The wheelchair competition, um, so good as it been, so big as the, um, you know, the reaction been to it, that BBC, where they had it on, they have this thing called iPlayer, which a lot of people have access to, and I've been able to watch iPlayer of sporting events or watch things um, on delay uh, on iPlayer City and trains and things like that. They've promoted those games onto free-to-air because the reaction has been so big. So the wheelchair competition was getting big numbers, and we've got England versus France in the final here on Friday night. And the men's competition, quite obviously, with England, uh, they're, they're, you know, they've, they've peaked over the two million mark. So, I think all in all, rugby league, look, it knows its place in the world of sport. And over here, football, the monster, the EPL, and all the rest, and the World Cups to start, you know, on the weekend. Rugby union's bigger, but rugby league is making the most of its time in the sun. Although the sun doesn't come out all the time over here, but mm. for six weeks, it's it's done its best to you know to put its uh, put its best foot forward. They've done a great yeah. job, Samoan, be able to turn around that uh, that first pool match against England, Vossi, and, and playing against Australia in the final. Now, from a, a supporter base, the Samoans, how heavily supported will they be in this final? Is there a, a, a large population of Samoan heritage 
uh, in England, in the UK? Well, no, I, I've got to say I've seen, obviously, when Tonga played more New Zealand, Australia, quite obviously. Um, I, I think, though, the reaction was from the English uh, after the defeat was, oh, well, begrudgingly, well, I suppose we're going to have to cheer for Samoa for the, for the final to beat Australia. So those people who are committed to tickets, I get the feeling, are going to, you know, lend the support. People from afar are worried, oh, well, gee, that's going to affect the crowd. But, I mean, I was here in 2013 calling the final Australia-New Zealand, and that was a, a world record test crowd of, you know, almost 80,000 at Old Trafford. So the last figure I'd heard is they'd sold over 55,000. I'm not sure how accurate that is uh, right now. I haven't got an up-to-date figure, but... Um, I've called I've called it Old Trafford way back in 2000. There was 44,000, and it was a superb atmosphere. So anywhere between 44 and 80 is still going to be fantastic on um, on Saturday for Australia, New Zealand, and the women's, and Australia, Samoa, and the men's. Now, Vossi, you are one of the great lovers of sport, not only just rugby league around the world, and I love the history and the length that you go to to bring the history. But we, we're watching what the old 1990 game two in the kangaroo tour at Old Trafford and Old Trafford is a stadium yeah. we've spoken to Badge about it at length about how great that stadium is where does that sit amongst some of the the great locations around the world in sport especially rugby league yeah look I've, from this part of the world um, you know I've been lucky enough to go and call at Wembley uh, I've called at Millennium Stadium in Cardiff so you're talking the, the biggest stadiums over here but I would count Old Trafford as absolute top of the pile um, and I'll tell you what makes the uh, football ground special is that like, it's like going to Newcastle for the first game, St James Park. They, are just, they, they belong to the club. So if we go along to Suncorp Stadium, I don't feel like I am going to Broncos' hallowed turf. I go to Old Trafford and you walk in and it's Manchester United wall-to-wall. I go to Newcastle and it's, you know, Bobby Robson everywhere. It's black and white everywhere. So that gives it that, that, that gives those stadiums that little bit extra, um, which is something we can't achieve in Australia. I mean, like Allianz Stadium now is the, you know, the tenancy is multiple sports, multiple teams. But over here, Old Trafford belongs to Manchester United and Rugby mm. League just gets a little look in uh, for one or two games a year. Uh, well, one game, basically, uh, grand final and that's it. So, um, yeah, that, that's what makes these stadiums special. I think the best stadiums I've walked to in the world are the ones that hit you when they're empty. Um, and, and Old Trafford knocks you for six. But having said that, as the lover of rugby league, Gary, and you may have got to play there, I walked into Castleford's ground last week. Oh, I was bowled over by how good that is, the intimacy of that, the old stands, the tiny dressing rooms. There's a, there's, a, there's a fireplace in the home dressing room because from, from the days when they played it in the winter, you know, like, it was bloody cold. Yes. Um, the, the away dressing room, get this, fellas, the away dressing room at Castleford, you could comfortably hold probably 10 to 12 players. <laughs> comfortably hold 10 to 12. Um, you know, two urinals and, and, a, and a shower along the wall and just a little area. It was incredible. I went to Batley's home ground, which is on a hill, Mount Pleasant, and the ground from one end to the other has a drop of between four and five metres. Dead said, I would be puffed running from one end of the field to the other. It is uphill like you would not believe. There are some charming venues over here. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. I did play at Castleford because I played for Castleford for a, a few months. Hey, does that, Mossy, mm. given what you're saying about, you know, fans of uh, England, whoever, will be going for some Are the Kangaroos the villains? Will they be outnumbered and booed or, do, or are that many 
Aussie uh, tourist touring uh, parties over there that there'll be plenty of Roos fans at Old Trafford. Yeah, plenty of Roos fans at Old Trafford, and it's just good natured, and, and that's where that's where rugby league sort of says to other sports, particularly football, as in soccer, you are kidding yourself. You cannot go to a soccer game over here without fan segregation. You go to a rugby league game, Aussie sits next to Kiwi, Aussie sits next to Tongan, Tongan sits next to Samoa. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I do. It's, it's good natured. And, and that's something we should really value. Um, um, and, and we, you know, has there been any violence in crowds? I haven't heard of any at the, at the Rugby League World Cup. Um, uh, you know, I think that is something that, you know, this small sport in the world scheme of things, rugby league can, can teach, uh, can teach the football world. I mean, we had it in Sydney on the weekend, the Wanderers Sydney FC derby. There was, you know, a little bit of drama that we have to have segregation. Well, why do we have to adopt segregation of football around the world? Uh, You know, rugby league's doing its little bit over here. And, um, I think it'll be a really good natured crowd on Saturday and they're going to be thoroughly entertained by the four sides that we have on display. We'll get Victor Radley in to sort them out, hey? <laughs> Woody, what do you reckon? Yeah. Now, no, that's a good idea. What are, you going to, what are you going to miss when you come yeah. home? After, what, seven weeks or so, Vossi? What are you going to miss about England? Oh, what am I going to miss? Um, well, I'm not going to miss people vaping. Um, that's that's <laughs> driving me spare. Uh, every second person you bounce is, is on the vape. Um, I'm not going to miss the cobblestones. You know, like, like yes, rustic charm, but after a while your feet start to hurt walking cobblestones. You know, it's not medieval times yet. They've still got the cobblestones everywhere. I, no, I just miss, I do miss just the appearance, the little towns, the old stone buildings. You know, you walk past uh, stone buildings that are older than any building we've got in our major city. Um, it, it is a, as I say, I see the beauty. And, and being up here in the north of England, the Pennines, you know, it's a, every time you hop on a train, it's a fabulous train trip, you know, looking out at the scenery. And I, as I said, I, I learned from the 2013 World Cup, you've got to get out and have the whole experience and, and go into those little rugby league towns. And, you know, I've been like to, to Dewsbury and things like that. Um, so I've been very lucky and, and the little pubs. So I, yeah. I ticked off the bucket list on Saturday. I wasn't calling the England Samoa semi final. Had an opportunity to go to London, but I thought, nah. I was in um, Ellen Road in Leeds the night before, so I went over to Halifax and I went to the Three Pigeons pub at Halifax, this <laughs> tiny old pub, 250 years old. Sat in a little room back corner, tiny screen in the corner, listening and observing the Poms around me watching the game. Um, and, I, and, I, and I shouted them all. I shouted like there was only the room was so small at about nine or ten, so I shouted them all and I pulled out a packet of biscuits, put it on the table. They were all great, and and that was an that was a really nice moment on the tour. Just you know, almost you know, fitting in as a as a local. Yeah, very English. Is there some chicken brand that you've you've uncovered that you're going to miss? Ooh, I heard you talking yeah, about Leon yeah, Price um, Yeah, Huddersfield, um, Uddersfield, sorry, birthplace rugby league. Um, I've got a trivia question to finish for you blokes at, at the end of this on the history of the game. Uh, so Marston's Chicken, I've been told about it. It's this little chicken chicken hut. Can only fit two customers in at a time. If the world knew about Marston's Chicken, you know, uh, Colonel Sanders, he would have been sleeping on a park bench. There's no way with KFC gone anywhere. Marston's Chicken in Huddersfield is the best chicken I've ever had. I can believe it. So any time that I've had a trip that sort of can deviate back through Huddersfield, I've been getting off at the station... Hopping in an Uber, 
going to Marston Sicken and then going back to the station and carrying on to Manchester. That's how good it is. Now, your trivia boys. Do you want a trivia question? Yes. Yep. Yep. Have one. Yep. All right. So, August 29, 1895 is the birth date of Rugby League. That's when the 22 clubs got together, signed off on the Northern Union, broke away from Rugby Union. My trivia question is, how many years later did it become 13 aside? Because that's what I recognise as rugby league. I reckon thirteen it wasn't aside. Until what about year did it become thirteen aside? Nineteen oh eight. Nineteen eleven. That's no, our guess. No, boys, boys. It was thirteen aside when it came to Australia. So, you know. Uh, well, that was England. Australia was nineteen oh eight. So it was already. Oh, so it had already gone in England. Correct. So, okay. So maybe eighteen ninety nine or something. The late eighteen nineties. Well, I've, I've, I've steered you away, haven't I? Nineteen oh six. So eleven years. They essentially, like, when the Northern Union started, we say birthday to rugby league, they, they were still playing rugby union. The next weekend after that meeting, they were playing rugby. Um, they didn't abolish the line-out for a couple of years, and it was only in 1906 they went to 13 aside and, and introduced the play the ball. So when we talk about the history of the game, I think that we're obliged to acknowledge 1906 is a pretty important year Absolutely. In, the, yeah. in, in what we know as rugby league, 13 aside and... Suddenly they got rid of the ruck and there was an actual play the ball. So um, that's what I've learned and it through my time walking. Right. Oh, did it what? Did it what? Oh, the best. Best on the planet. Best boys, on the I've, planet got to, boys. I've got to wrap this we up. Go. We've got to pay some bills, oh, bossy. bossy. It's been great. Get some sleep on the plane home. No days off for you from SEN Breakfast with Brandy, all right? Back to it next week. Good luck with the final. Thanks, mate. I've been told. No, don't need luck. It's going to be a ball. Going to have great fun. Not here for a haircut, fellas. <laughs> There's Andrew Voss calling the game on uh, Fox Sports this weekend. Looking forward to that. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And don't forget, you can listen to Sports Day every day from Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. Queensland time. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.